Hello! It's another beautiful day in the tropics. This is the Finding Legends podcast recorded in the Valley Anguilla. And I am Nisha Dupuy. Thank you so much for joining me. This podcast, of course, seeks to share positive and transformative thoughts. And today it is all about progression. We're speaking with our wildly inspirational guest, Alice Walker. Yeah, Alice Walker is an author, she's an American novelist, and she's known for her Pulitzer Prize winning novel, The Color Purple. I am super excited to share this interview with you today. Let me just say thank you to my co-executive producer, Siobhan Smith, and of course, Digital, the sponsor of this podcast. Stay with me. We'll be right back with Book Club and the Alice Walker interview right after this break. Welcome back to the Finding Legends podcast. The book of the week is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Uh, Let me just say that I am one of those people who, who loves to reflect and also loves to uh, make projections about what the future may be like. And this book checked me. It is checking me. Um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. He introduces us to his sort of spirituality. And in the past, he struggled with anxiety. um, And he had an epiphany. Resist nothing. And then there was no more fear. Eckhart Tolle... A spiritual teacher assigned to no spiritual denomination in particular is the author of The Power of Now. Now, let me read behind of this book for you. The Power of Now, a guide to spiritual enlightenment. It can transform your thinking. The results, more joy right now. Those are words by Oprah Winfrey about this book, okay? To make the journey into the power of now, we will need to leave our analytical mind and its false created self, the ego, behind. From the very first page of this extraordinary book, we move rapidly into a significantly higher altitude where we breathe a lighter air. We become connected to the indestructible essence of our being, the eternal, ever-present, one life beyond the myriad forms of life that are subject to birth and death. Although the journey is challenging, Eckhart Tolle uses simple language and an easy question and answer format to guide us. A word-of-mouth phenomenon since its first publication, The Power of Now is one of those rare books with the power to create an experience in readers, one that can radically change their lives for the better. All right, check it out if you want to. Oprah said it can transform your thinking. I'm trusting Oprah and going through this book myself, I am understanding more and more the importance of the state of presence it is the only the only thing that exists you know when we really think about it all we ever have is the present and what we choose to do with what we have and speaking of that takes me into the interview for for this podcast 
Alice Walker, a social activist, of course, author of The Color Purple. If you know that very popular line uh, by Oprah's character in the novel, let me play it for you now. All my life I had to fight. I had to fight my daddy. I had to fight my uncles. I had to fight my brothers. Girl, child ain't safe in a family man, sir. But I ain't never thought I had to fight in my own house. I love Hoppo. God knows I do. But I kill him dead before I let him be. Yeah, very, very intense novel that was later turned into a film. Steven Spielberg directed this film. Let's go to the interview with Alice Walker, who I met at the Literary Festival on Anguilla, and listen to the gems that she had to offer. I am immensely grateful to be sitting here speaking with you, and I want to get right into it. Uh, thank you for being on Anguilla. Yes. Um, what compelled you to begin writing? Uh, I think I was just a very solitary child and I suffered as children often do in childhood uh, and I began to see that I could find some solace in creating poetry which I love because in my little community actually people love poetry. I lived in Georgia and in the 40s and 50s uh, and people really read to their children. Uh, they remembered some of the poetry of Paul Lawrence Dunbar, who was a poet unheard of in this century, actually. Uh, and so I knew that I could, you know, I could do that. Uh, and, that and I discovered that it made me feel better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you transfer some of that suffering to the poetry and what specific type of, of suffering? Oh, I always wrote about to? people dying and being wow. buried very deep and how tragic it was and how people were weeping. And it was all terrible mm. and, you know, very um, sad poetry. Mm. Uh, but it was what the universe gave me to help me deal with my own feelings of sorrow. Uh, and I, I welcomed it. And I luckily had people in the community who loved me uh, and some people in my family. And so I could show them, you know, what I was doing eventually. Okay. And they, um, you know, they were poetry lovers and they understood. It was, it was really amazing, really. I had an older sister who had gone away to school uh, and she brought back to us, you know, poetry and literature in general. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was listening to an interview that you did and I loved the way that you said, I was interested in other things, but what I could afford was pen and paper. Mm -hmm. And it it transcended into such rich experiences for you as a writer. Can you share some of those experiences? Uh, well, I once I realized that I couldn't afford the paint and I couldn't afford the, the canvas uh, and that I could maybe afford, you know, a pencil and some very inexpensive paper, um, I realized that in a way that was uh, adequate and it was also a kind of um, sincere um, uh, area for me to work in because I come from a poor family. I mean, uh, we didn't think we were poor, but you know, we were poor. Okay. And so to actually have uh, pen and, and paper or pencil and paper was really the correct thing for that situation. I didn't realize that then. 
so it was a it was a way to further learn uh, that where I was placed in this world with the parents that I had, with the poverty, near poverty that we had, uh, I could still create what I needed to mm. out of very simple tools. And mm. this is something that artists should try to, you know, understand early. Because often, believe it or not, many people are very creative, but they really believe they don't, they can't afford to be because they can't get some, you know, kind of high fashion uh, gadget that they think they have to have in order to be a creative. You don't really. You, you can figure out a way to be creative with whatever modest thing that you have. If it's just, you know, some sticks, you know, that you learn how to make frames out of or something. Mm. I mean, I, I was able to to work with what, what I could afford. I like that. Very mm. meaningful. When you were getting into your, your creative endeavors, were there any spiritual practices that you engaged in to help to channel that energy? Solitude. Mm. Uh, solitude is still my preferred mode of being. I, I live very far in the country, even to this day. Uh, I love to be alone. Uh, I have a little dog at the moment, and I, you know, I love having, you know, partners from time to time. But essentially, I really enjoy solitude. It's an it's an amazing, rich, uh, depthful uh, situation. And there again, I wish more people could have it because, unfortunately, they were born with the TV on and they were born with the radio going, and so they actually don't have a clue that behind that is just this vast eternity. Uh, of richness, you know, mm. that comes out of silence. Silence is not empty, silence is full. Mm. And how would you define solitude for us? Uh, solitude is when I'm on my 40 acres in the country, working in my garden. I, you know, we were supposed to be given 40 acres and a mule as compensation for having been enslaved for 240 years. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that. So when I got some money, I bought myself my own 40 acres and a rototiller. Uh, and I have spent many, many years, um, you know, I travel everywhere also, but when I'm in solitude, I'm there on this land. And until very recently, I basically did all of the gardening, um, oh. which was wonderful. Okay. You know, I had collard green leaves as big as this. Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's very southern, isn't it? Collard oh, green and, and what? What do we... Well, you know, turnips and corn and tomatoes and I have chickens. You know, I still you, have chickens. Yeah, you have the Chicken Chronicles. Is that right. inspired by your own chickens? Oh, absolutely. Yeah? Well, I was in Bali um, for, you know, I love, I used to love Bali. They've wrecked it by now. But anyhow, it used to be amazing. And I was coming back from a fire dance and I was walking down the road with my partner and I think my daughter was somewhere, you know, with us. But I saw a chicken crossing the road, and and it really struck me that I had not, in the last 25 years or so, really looked at a chicken. Hmm. And what did that say about me? It said I was really out of touch, and I didn't like that. And hmm. so I felt really inspired to to talk to my neighbors and my friends and my partner and to ask them if they'd help me raise some chickens because uh -huh. I needed to reconnect with the chickens that I had known as a, as a child and as a girl mm. because they were so integral to our lives. If we didn't have the chickens, you know, we, we would have starved half the time. We, you know, yeah. we had to have them and, and they were also fascinating in their own right. Um, 
Because that's what you learn when you take the time, that everything is really alive, everything has got its own story, uh, everything is endlessly fascinating if you just take the time to pay attention. Uh, so even in solitude, I'm not alone. I mean, you know, there are the, the ancestral spirits who are with us. We are sensible enough to really invite them. Uh, but then there are the animals mm-hmm. uh, who truly are, are amazing teachers. They're wonderful. For instance, you know, I was a vegetarian, you know, okay. really you know, vegan at one point. But I was trying really hard. And then sitting there with my chickens, uh, and I wasn't eating chicken at all, but as I sat with them, I realized that chickens are not vegetarians. That if mm. I had fallen dead right there in the middle of the coop, they would have eaten me. Mm. And this was, you know, it was very interesting because it took me out of that fanciful place you can get where you think you're doing something that's so, you know... Noble or special. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and I'm not knocking it. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. But you do have to realize that everything eats something. You know, so so that even if you're eating just vegetables, they cleared that land of millions of animals in order to grow the vegetables. Mm. You know, the reality is really That's important. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. What, what is your take on the current abortion law? That law, if it, is spread, if it spreads across the country, because um, as I understand it, you, you can go to prison for so many, many years if you have an abortion, when there's a heartbeat, a discernible, hearable heartbeat, mm-hmm. it's a terrible law. Women should not stand for it. I mean, they should just be, do whatever, you know, they should be collecting in circles all over the planet because, you know, all over the planet because often what happens in America spreads, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we want to keep control of our bodies, and why shouldn't we since they're ours, uh, we have to actually... Um, come together and and plan our moves Mm -hmm. you know I mean how do we fight this I mean do we get together and and hire the very best lawyers to go go through the courts I mean that would be good that would be part of it but also take to the streets I mean Mm -hmm. we can't have it We, we will not survive if we have a law that puts us in prison for having an abortion I mean we've been there before I mean, why do they not understand um, or why do they feel that they have a right to sort of dictate what a woman can do with her her womb and what she cannot do? Well, because that's the kind of people that they are. And they've always been that way. I mean, you know, not every single person, obviously, but the system favors men in the sense that, you know, they get to control things. I mean, they have been controlling things for about 6,000 years at least, Mm -hmm. you know. and so they just feel like that's the way it is, and also that uh, even though it's a woman's body, is quote, their seed that's in there, and they get to, I mean, it, you know. But actually, uh, a woman has a right, as they would have a right. If, if you made a man pregnant, and then you told him, you know, you're pregnant, and you there's nothing you can do about it. You're going to have to, you know, have this whatever it is, and it, it may hurt like hell giving birth and blah, blah, blah. But that's just how it is, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you did that, uh, and if you could actually see that through, men would revolt. Mm. They would. Of course they would. I mean, because it's a limit to their freedom, uh, just as it is a limit to women's freedom. I mean, you can have a baby if you want one, but if you don't want one, why have one? Yeah. And what do you say to, to women or girls who are being taught that it's not respectful to do so, that's, that it's... 
It's a sin or a crime. Well, you know what the what sin actually means, the, the verb to sin? Okay. It actually means to be yourself. Oh. That's what it is. And that's why churches and other organizations like that tell you uh, that you're sinning. Basically, what they're saying is you're being yourself, and God doesn't like that. Oh. I never thought of it that way before. Well, you've never probably seen it, you know, studied it yeah. down to the, the root of what it actually means. But that's what sin is. It's being who you are, being what you are, and how you are. Hmm. But church doesn't like that. Synagogue doesn't like that. You know, Pentecostals don't like that. Whoever. But basically, you have a right to be yourself. Mm. You do. I mean, you don't think the trees and the daffodils and everything else is waiting for somebody to tell them how to be who they are or what they are? No. How did you learn, or if you had to learn at all, to be this authentic and honest? Uh, because I noticed that I didn't see a single pine tree or a single peach tree or a single rose or a single sunflower begging anybody's permission to be who they are and what they are. Not one. Mm -mm. And why should I be different? You're right. You're right. Do you have any messages for the young ladies who are listening? Well, fight for your, your future, because if you don't really fight for it, you won't have one. What do you make of the Angola Lit Fest? You came, um, did you enjoy your time while here? I've had a wonderful time. I have really enjoyed it. I have loved the people. We have a lot of admiration for you. Thank you for gifting us with your work and your creativity. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. We're better for it. Good. Thank yeah. you. Mm -hmm. Hugs. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to that interview. I loved every bit of what Alice Walker had to offer. And I know I've been saying that with the different interviews, but it's true. I, I love what they have to offer. I think that her perspective is bold and um, I admire her her refusal to be silenced and the way that she uses her voice for political good, if I can say that, you know? So come and join me in the inspirational corner as you always do here on the Finding Legends podcast. You know, we like to fuel you up so that you can go about and have the best week possible because why wouldn't we want you to have an amazing week, yeah? Okay, this inspirational piece says, don't give up uh, from above inspiration on YouTube. The thing to try when all else fails is again. The person who really wants to do something finds a way. The person who does not finds an excuse. The person who prevails is the person who refuses to give up. The person with the mental toughness is the person who will triumph. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. The man who can get up one more time than the time he's knocked down is going to be the winner. Being knocked down is not a problem. But staying down is a problem. Get up! Because success begins by getting up one more time than you've been knocked down.
The Bible declares in Proverbs 24, 16, listen to this. For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again, again. You're not a failure for falling down. You're a failure for staying down. You know, it's amazing how many people in the world have done phenomenal things after having failed numerous times in their life. And so failure doesn't have to be the end. Making mistakes doesn't have to be the end. I think most people, if they're going to be successful, they have to press through some things. And uh, one of the things that we tend to do, or the, one of the lies that the enemy tells us is, well, there's just no way. There's just, there's no way. There's no way out. But we have to remember that there's always a way out. And those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ know that he said in John 14, 6, I am the way. We may not know the way, and he may not be telling us the way, but he wants us to believe that he is the way maker. God will make a way for you, but he does require you to never give up. You may be tired today. You've been dealing with a challenge in your health, a relationship, in your finances for years. You used to believe that you would overcome, but now you're worn down. You don't think it's ever going to happen. Let me encourage you, what God promised, He's still going to bring to pass. You may have given up, but God has not given up. He has your healing, your breakthrough, your promotion, the right people. Now do your part. Get your passion back. Start taking hold of His strength. Don't allow that weariness in. The enemy wouldn't be fighting you so hard unless he knew you were close to your victory. He couldn't take you out, so he's trying to wear you out. Get you weary, discouraged, don't fall into that trap. All through the day, Lord, thank you that you're renewing my strength. Thank you that I will soar like the eagles. Thank you that I am strong in the Lord. That battle may be taking a long time, but I believe right now, strength is coming into you. Hope is coming into you. God is filling you with fresh courage, determination, vision. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. Don't give up on yourself because if you do, then what you're saying is God's not big enough to change me. There's nobody that is beyond change. God can change every single one of us. I don't want you to give up. I don't want you just to throw in the towel and quit. If all you can do right now is just get out of that bed and walk across the room, do something. And if you'll do what you can do, God will do what you cannot do. The difference between possibility and the impossible lies in your own personal persistence. Persistence is the path to victory for every champion. Run to win. Be a champion for Jesus Christ. Fight the good fight. Endure hardness as a soldier of Jesus Christ. Press on in the heat of spiritual warfare. Press on in the darkest night of your sorrow. When you've lost the dearest on earth. Press on when all seems lost and hopeless. Press
press on when your dreams have been shattered and seem hopelessly outdated. Press on when your friends forsake you. When your best friend walks out, Jesus Christ, your best friend walks in. Press on because the God of heaven will never leave you nor forsake you even to the ends of the earth. Press on, press on, press on, press on, press on, press on. The victory is yours if you will not quit. Thank you for listening to the Finding Legends podcast. Really looking forward to seeing you next week. Uh, I hope that you found inspiration that you need to have the best week possible because that's our aim here, to share uh, good inspiration with you. So thank you so much for listening and downloading the Go Go Loud app. We'll catch you next week.